0: Welcome to Fake Movie Experts, the movie review podcast that breaks down a movie franchise one movie at a time. We're starting a new one this week as one Keith Swetland picked this one, and we're going to be breaking down the Beverly Hills Cop franchise. So far, there's three. There might be a fourth one down the line. We don't know yet. I'm your host, Joseph Russell I'm alongside here with Ricky Marsoli. The man that we just call above average, you know, he's the stripper of the group. (laughs) Is one Keith Whitley.
1: I was going to call him the judge,
2: dude.
0: Boobs. Judge Reinhold. Now,
1: yeah, the Judge Reinhold of the group.
0: There's
2: something. There's something pretty cool about '80s boobs. They were really like pokey
1: for what, like, whatever they like cast like boobs in movies, they really were into banana boobs.
0: Yeah, each decade has its own
1: tit, and it's pretty
0: great. A New York boobs,
2: no, but what I really, really wanted to talk about very high waisted thongs, (laughs) right? (laughs) But I actually wanted to talk about uh, if you guys ruined the bits, I'm gonna do never mind on that, but um, I was gonna say, I can't, I can't do the laugh and for the next uh whatever 60 to 90 minutes, I'm gonna be pretty pissed <laughs> that I can't do
0: it. Well, you'd be pissed for the next like three yeah, movies. Yeah, to, you gotta <laughs>
2: multiply that by three, buddy. Yeah, for the next hundred eighty to two hundred seventy minutes. <laughs>
0: yeah, you be pissed.
1: Eh, 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 eh.
0: <laughs> 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 the desperation of a man's laugh.
1: Okay. <laughs> I don't know. There it the is. To this question it was all right. Yeah. Did this movie originate that laugh, or did the laugh originate on SNL?
0: SNL. Okay.
1: Yeah. And like he just did it in the movie as like a callback to SNL.
0: Mo- most likely yeah. that, well, or it is his laugh.
2: Is that? Yeah, I was gonna say.
1: I'm pretty sure that's just like how he laughs. That can't be how he intention. Like I, I, think, I think I think laughing.
0: that's his laugh on a scale to ten because. If you watch all the other movies that he laughs in, it's the same, uh, in a way, the same laugh.
1: God, it's like people who laugh and they go, like, hey, 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 like I'll punch you in the face, never do that again.
0: And that's Keith. So, <laughs> no, <laughs> no,
2: Joe <laughs> Keith
1: laughs, like, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> oh, wait, no, he can't, <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. huh? Huh?
1: He's gonna keep trying to do it, and I'm gonna yeah. love it.
0: He's gonna look himself after the show and look himself in the mirror for like an hour. Like, you can laugh, do it. I'm,
2: step out of the shower, wipe the steam <laughs> off the mirror, stare at myself in my own eyes. <laughs> yeah, do the Eddie laugh.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, Beverly Hills Cop uh, came out December fifth of nineteen eighty four. Directed by one Martin Breast, Breast. Yeah. Uh He directed. Funny about that name. Okay. Uh, he's directed such movies as 1988's Midnight Run, uh, 1992 Scent of a Woman, hoo 1998 <laughs> uh Meet Joe Black. Really? Oh, <laughs> and his last movie that he directed, 2003's Geely.
2: Oh, unfortunate.
0: So, can
2: you guys do a, a meet joe black reference i know one what i don't remember
1: that movie well enough
2: i remember there's a scene where brad pitt eats peanut butter for the first time and he's like satan or whatever so he's like this peanut butter is it's delicious what is this
0: hmm. um i've never seen meet joe black <laughs> the only scene i've seen is like the beginning at your house keith of like him getting hit by the car like oh yeah like five times in a row that's hilarious and
2: that's a was romance that- movie. That's three hours. What the fuck? I know it. W- it was on two cassette tapes at Hollywood yep. Video. Yep.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Don't get me wrong. I love a good romance movie, but three hours of Yo, one
2: dog. He's the devil. So they gotta like they gotta wrap your head around that for the first hour, and
1: then this you know two a hours of romance. Deaf. No. Oh. oh
2: shit! Never mind. That's yeah. a different. Well, movie.
0: fuck. We don't. We that, can't do Meet Joe Black anymore. That's
2: Jesus bedazzled. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's bedazzled. Uh, Keith, I think you're thinking of Bedazzled <laughs> with Elizabeth Hurley and Brendan Fraser. That's just me. thank you, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, this movie stars one Eddie Murphy that we've been doing the laugh for the past 20 minutes. It feels like uh, one Judge Reinhold. You may know him from uh, Fast Time at Ridgemont High. Is jerking off in the pool ro- uh, room. Um, John Ashton it bothered so this is taggart this is a uh, reinhold's pa- partner Sergeant. the joke for, yeah yeah the the. the love taggart was, by the way yeah <laughs> what was bothering me is that he's from uh i know he i know more from a uh, little big league the baseball movie with the kid that uh oh, owns wow. the twins and the and the kid's name is billy <laughs> in that movie it's like the whole time it's like Come on, Billy. I'm like just thinking a little big league like the entire time. Uh, Lisa, Lisa L Backer. Uh, Ronnie Cox, he's the bad guy from Robocop. So the entire time, so the entire time during the movie, I'm like, he's turning on them. He's turning on them. He's because I think like, I've honestly forgot about Beverly Hills cop. And I'm like, he's turning on them. <laughs> Uh, bad guys Stephen Burkoff and Jonathan Banks it and, was weird seeing a young Jonathan
1: Banks because I only can ever picture him old
0: because yeah, he's I, been
1: old for like 40 years
0: yeah um, I've seen the most recent thing I saw him was when I watched uh, Community Season 6 for the first time and it's just he's the old guy from Community for that last season also um, has Jonathan
1: Banks ever not played a bad guy like unfortunately he just has the face of a bad guy
0: it feels like every time if you see him, he's always a bad guy. Uh, also, stars and wish there was more pe- more of them in the movie. Uh, Bronson Pinchot and Paul Reiser. Oh, there's also
2: the... a, a Wayne's brother in there. Is that the replacement Raines? cops that you just said?
0: No, Bronson is the uh, Surge. He's the uh, oh yeah, uh, love Surge. The, yep. And, uh, Jeffrey, uh, Paul Riser's Jeffrey. He's the, uh, Eddie Murphy's partner in Detroit.
1: Dude. I was so, uh, like I was aghast. at seeing Paul Reiser in a movie. Cause Paul Reiser to me is just like TV star Paul Reiser. Like it's weird to ever see him in something that's not mad about you. Yeah. Right. I it's, was like, what it's, the fuck is Paul Reiser?
0: When you see Paul Reiser, you think, oh, he's a bigger star than he should be. Like, you know, because of, but like, I mean, you see, he's an he alien. Yeah, he's in Mad About You, but I'm just talking about, like he's in, like, Aliens as a side character. He's in, he's in <laughs> Beverly Hills Cop as, like, a five-minute character. So you're like, how did you get so popular?
1: Because of Mad About You, dude. Mad yeah. About You was, like, like, friends overshone Mad About You. So people don't remember Mad About You. as Friend. Mad About You was almost as big as Friends was. What channel
2: was Mad About You on?
1: NBC. It was NBC too, because it was uh, part of the friends universe. Technically, they're all the same universe.
0: Yeah.
2: Wait,
1: because what? Phoebe was in Mad About You and, and then they brought Phoebe? that ca- No. Well, she no, was but they then cha- yeah. her sister in uh, Mad yeah. About You. And they brought and they that character the c- in the Mad About You And in the, the Mad the About friends.
0: You people were like in the in the coffee shop for like a background scene or something yeah. like that in an episode.
1: I think Mad About You Friends. was wrapping up as Friends started. Yes, yes,
0: just yes, did. That and, was like uh, when
1: NBC owned network television.
0: Yep. And uh, Keith, uh, you're right. The Rains brother was Damon Wayne's. He it was his first role.
1: Whoa! That's his first role. Yeah. God, you can already see like Damon Wayne's in that role. That's crazy. First oh, role. Yeah, he was. He was always
0: going
2: to be a star. That's impressive. <laughs> yeah.
0: So my assumption is this is everybody's first time watching. Yep. Um, what's your first reaction to the, uh, watching the, this movie?
2: Well, I remember this is one of those movies that I always that like, do you have those movies in your life where people ask you if you've seen them and you're kind of embarrassed to say no? This, this feels like one of those movies that was like everyone's supposed to have seen it. It's like it's a classic or something. So it's for me, that's been always my relationship with this movie is that like I've been meaning to watch it for like the last 10 years or something. And I just like have never gotten around to it because it's like one of the greats.
1: I mean, it was just one of those movies that like was technically before our time. So like Yes, yes. And outs for what for whatever reason, outside of um Smoking the Bandit, I've never been a big eighties movie person and Star Wars, of course. But man, I was missing out not seeing this one. This it was definitely very slow at times. Like it was to me, even though it was only like what an hour 40? Hour hour 45, for,
0: hour 45.
1: It was a bit bloated at points. <laughs> like I could have used a little bit more chopping in there in this movie, but it was still pretty good.
2: That kind of caught me off guard too. There was moments where like because I split this movie in two. Cause I'm a nerd ass working stiff now and I got to wake up early in the mornings, So I split it in two. And I, I remember I, w- I was like, damn, I'm only like an hour and 20 minutes in Jesus. <laughs> like, there was a point. It was, it, it was mostly in the middle. I, I, I'm trying to like pin down where the slow parts were and it took forever. Oh yeah. Okay. It took forever for them to get to the part where Eddie Murphy was convincing the Beverly Hills cops that he's actually a good guy like between him being an asshole and him being a good guy was way too long.
1: I think just the whole segment with the secondary cops felt super unnecessary. Yeah, they
2: didn't need to be there. <laughs> this movie could have used the 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 uh, fake movie experts TM Tight 90 treatment.
1: <laughs> Cuz like it had really good action and had bits of really good comedy, but like the who done it part of the movie didn't really work. <laughs> Because we already knew, and like he just already knew as well, so there wasn't really a who done it portion to it. But we still went through the steps of it.
2: Yeah, it was sort of like the like the the Jaws Mayor situation where Eddie Murphy comes to town. He's like, "Yo, this guy's pretty bad, right?" You no, know, we're like, "No, no, no, no." <laughs>
0: um, I've so I've seen the Beverly Hills Cop movies. However, like watching the movie this time, or, like this time around, like. I do not remember remember a damn thing about this movie besides the first scene, the banana uh, tell and some of the shootout in the end. Like I don't re- like, but like I've seen all three. Like I can, I can tell you in in three. I know where the final scene is, <laughs> like the main, like where the main focus of the movie takes part of. But like I don't remember anything else. I think there's moments of
1: this movie that feel super iconic. And like, I definitely feel there are parts of this movie that were inspirations for the greatest action movie of all times, Bad Boys 2. God damn it. But, (laughs) 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 like, that final scene, like, I feel like uh, Michael Bay saw that and was like, I want my final shootout to look like the original Beverly Hills cop shootout.
2: Brookheimer and Michael Bay, I think history will. Say that there were a couple of the greatest filmmakers that ever existed. <laughs> so I'm like, as long it, as you ignore Transformers. No, as long as you especially pay attention to Transformers, <laughs> which will be featured on Fake Movie Experts in the near future. I'm gonna hate <laughs> when you pick that, but also love it. But Bruck yeah, I guess we we haven't talked about it yet. This is also a Bruckheimer production, which it I is. learned I learned while I was watching the opening credits. I had no idea. When did Bruckheimer start producing?
0: Uh, well he started producing in 72
1: Jesus Christ Damn, See,
0: He was a producer on craftsman. Top Gun He's a craftsman uh, <laughs> Producer on Top Gun, Days of Thunder Bad Boys, Armageddon Enemy of the State seconds. You have just said like
2: all
1: movies <laughs> That are like top tier movies to me
0: Bad Boys You guys are
1: lucky there isn't a second Days of Thunder Or I would fucking pick Days of Thunder Yo, uh, that's no, Best that's fucking would... <laughs> believe When the second Top Gun comes out I'm picking Top Gun
0: Oh yeah, that
2: that that might be a group pick.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, he did. The, you know the CSI's, the Pirates, the uh, the Pirates Caribbean movies. Um, but yeah, he's been producing for a long time. Joe, do you know what he's a moves.
1: producer on? An executive producer on that's in pre-production right now. No the National Treasure TV series. There's oh, a na- no.
0: Is it? Yeah, cage, it's for
1: it? Disney Plus, I think.
0: It is an enemy of the state. I loved Enemy of the State, <laughs> a TV Wait, show.
1: Joe, when did they announce National Treasure Three?
0: Uh, probably eight like years a ago year or some ago. Of shit. <laughs> well, it really depends if there's a National Treasure Three or is it going to be a National Treasure TV show or both. No. We don't know yet. It it's, says
1: that it's been announced that he's a producer of National Treasure Three.
0: I haven't seen anything about that yet. So, <laughs>
2: well we're kind of jumping all over the place i'm trying to remember beverly hills cop as a cult as a like intellectual property exists in weird places in my brain like Mm -hmm. like seeing it i remember like seeing it at video stores i remember seeing it like before the record we were talking about the family guy scene where peter does this theme song (laughs) so (laughs) (laughs) So,
1: yeah
2: i mean it's all it's like the beverly hills cop definitely and you can Watching it, you can see it's like it, it's influence spread. Like Bad Boys was the first thing that popped well, into my mind.
0: Well, I can I'll tell you now before we get into more detailed stuff about the movie itself, is that this is a action comedy movie, and this is the this is the movie that dethroned Ghostbusters at the time to be at that has the highest rated comedy movie, and then in. It was the highest rated R movie huh. until you can go back to fake movie experts at nocellentamber.com. No Deadpool, isn't it? No. You go to nocellentamber.com and listen to old fake movie experts that we just recently did, The Matrix Reloaded. What? <laughs> dethroned oh, <wow. laughs> it As the highest grossing <laughs> rated R film in the U.S. That's a bad statistic. I like and, that. and then Deadpool on scene. Then Deadpool that. beat that, yeah. Okay. But Matrix Reload was dethroned it after 19 years as the number one rated R. You know, if you
2: just handed me those two DVDs and were like, here you go. These are all you get. (laughs) That'd be okay with me.
1: So Eddie Murphy, like we forget, like this dude was, I mean, arguably was anyone ever a bigger comedy star than Eddie Murphy was in the 80s? Like Eddie Murphy was like a I mean, mega. I
2: feel star. like all well, the 80s were that was like stand up comedy time, though. That I was mean, like Billy like,
0: Crystal, your and George Carlin's, George Carlin, Richard Pryor, but stand up. Yeah, I mean, Eddie Murphy was certainly a king. He was like,
2: I'm not sure in his history where he was at this point. I feel like. This was a year before my girl likes to party all the time. So like he is like reaching
1: he's that peak, peak he's
0: at Eddie. peak. Oh, so
2: yeah, he's he's the he's Rome about to crash right. Because now.
0: he's already done SNL. He's done forty eight hours already. He's done Trading Places already. Uh, after, <laughs> after he does this, he does The Golden Child, which is a one to be rumors to be one of the worst movies of all time. Now I then, wanna
1: watch. Wait, I mean, this man also made. One of my favorite trash movies of all time, though, of Pluto Nash, and you're saying yes. that's worse.
0: Well, according to the the people, uh, Beverly Hills Cop two, and then Coming to America. So, like this, and this is this is just from nineteen. The movies Ida's named off, besides or uh, Pluto Nash, was from eighty two to eighty eight. So that in that six years, Eddie Murphy was like top dog. You know, um, that's a long I- time. I also way
1: prefer this Eddie Murphy than I do like the clumps, even like coming to America. I think I prefer this style of Eddie Murphy than I do like Nutty Professor and like him playing multiple roles.
0: Yeah. See, like, so I'm looking at comedians in the eighties right now and you have like Bill Murray because of the Ghostbusters and Caddyshack and stripes, so you have those three movies. You have Ron Williams because of Mark and Mindy, and then you had Popeye. You got Keith's uh, favorite dad figure from the uh, TV or land, Bill Cosby, as <laughs> know, Bill. <laughs> uh, Eddie just, just some uh, sleepy pudding. <laughs> <laughs> Put the pudding in the pop and the go <laughs> photos. Uh, you have Michael J. Fox, but that's because of his shows and uh, Back to the Future. So you know, there are big names in the time, but I think like from the early 80s, it's Eddie Murphy all the way. Like, I mean,
1: he also has Harlem Nights that comes out in '89.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, I'll be honest, uh, for me, getting into Saturday Night Live is because of Eddie Murphy. Oh, like, I watched one of I watched one of his best hits, and I was just like, Yep, like my one of my favorite skits on SNL it's him uh playing buckwheat from the little rascals and he gets assassinated (laughs) and like and then it's like for no reason i'm just like dying my laughing my ass off because of let's do it let's do it in slow motion and she's like oh everything's okay and then he gets shot in the wide eye and they slow motion everything and oh uh, i have to like inform everybody that buckwheat has been murdered Yeah,
2: I used to when I was a kid. I used to run down to Hollywood Video and rent the best of because I used to cycle through all the best ofs on Saturday Night Live, and Eddie Murphy was on that list. I'd I'd I'd, I'd grab that one every once in a while.
0: Yep.
1: I mean, I guess technically Beverly Hills Cop Three is the beginning of his downfall because holy shit, that movie's not well rated. But man, the early '90s like made a weird turn for Eddie Murphy because like he Mm -hmm. makes Beverly Hills Cop Three, does Vampire in Brooklyn.
0: But then, then he, he does, does nutty child. professor. He does child movies because he, yeah, he does Mulan, well, he does Doolittle. The Nutty
1: Professor, and then he makes that transition, and it's just mm-hmm. so weird.
0: But it, it's like crazy thing because I'm also looking at his, at his wiki, as uh, IMDb right now, and he transitions to more family friendly movies in a way, but they're not bad movies. I mean, like, I'm sure
1: the dude still rakes in. A sh- I mean, I loved that original Eddie Murphy Doctor Doolittle.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But like, Dr.
2: your Little 2 sucks, but Dr. Doolittle is great. Oh, Dr. I'll Dr. Uh, Dr. Little 1's very heartwarming. It's a great it's
0: a great movie. I'll be honest, I, I've never seen Mulan and I did not know he was in Mulan. Um, <laughs> he's um
1: he's the dragon. He's, he's the, the yeah, little he's, dragon.
0: Uh, that's right. Mushu, Mushu, whatever, yeah. But Mulan's then he does great. but he didn't, but he does Shrek. He does I like Bowfinger. Oh, Bowfinger was underrated. The movie's right? like the movie's very like actually um, good. But like I'm gonna does, say
1: it. I like Daddy Daycare. <sighs>
0: Okay. Like I've never seen it. So I've never
2: seen
0: it. <laughs> I was about to attempt to roast you, but I, I got no, nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. Uh but like he I'm looking at all his movies and like he hasn't done a bad movie in a way that people, you know, destroy I know I saw in the um
1: I mean people destroy him for Pluto Nash a lot, even though yeah. I personally love that movie. Yeah. Like
0: like Norbit got I mean he he makes bad movies, like <laughs> yeah, but I think you know it's it's like the Adam Sandler syndrome that he can do whatever he wants because he yeah. has the enough money that fuck it, they, whatever, right? They made a Beverly Hills cop TV movie. They're going yeah. to. they were going to, but they didn't. But it was gonna be it was gonna be based on it was gonna be him and his and his son. That was the no, idea. There's it's a what,
1: TV movie. You can watch it on Cinemax.
0: Wow. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also he's gonna be the triplet and twins when they do the sequel of that. <laughs> so
1: Wait, I- they're actually going through
2: with that.
0: Yeah, he's gonna be the third. He's gonna be the third brother.
2: Okay, then. Oh, I've got a weird Eddie Murphy that was like very formative in like growing up. It was a, it's a. There was a period of my life where I was very much into like hostage movies. Mm-hmm. There was the the negotiator with Sam Jackson and a famous a uh, famous good person Kevin Spacey. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Jesus. There was oh, what other? There was other hostage movies.
0: There I mean, the gonna be one of
2: the one. Denzel one, right? To the
1: i I'll do a
0: hostage negotiator uh, with Wesley Snipes. Um, uh, no, that was Sam Jackson. And uh, no, I'm thinking of uh, what am I thinking of? I'm thinking of uh, what what's the other one? There's like interrogator and then, and then uh, John Q. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, yeah, that one's good.
2: But the Eddie Murphy was a hostage negotiator in 1997 in a movie called Metro. Yeah. And that movie, I remember on uh, whatever like normal ass cable plans on the movie channel Encore was on was given to most everybody, if yep. you had cable. And we had on I had Encore for a large chunk of my childhood. It was the first place I saw nude breasts. It was on uh, Encore. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. That's, that was very yeah, informative. No, was, the way you said that. Yeah, it's it, it, it was it's an important moment, you know. Funny but, enough, um, also his first erection. Yeah, yeah, it was on a a thirteen inch television. It had it was a television that I had to like that had the clickies on it. Yep. As I'm, 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 doing the hand motion as if all the listeners can see my hand,
0: but well, they, they can, Keith. I post the video on uh, YouTube.
2: Yeah, it's uh, good. So maybe more skin next time. Okay. Um. Anyways, Eddie Murphy plays a hostage negotiator in the movie Metro, 1997. I just looked up the year because I was curious when it came out. But that movie's probably really bad. But I was just the right age for like action star eddie murphy to like shine for me and i thought he was so good and, and i'm and i'm curious to see that again now that i'm older and maybe a little bit smarter i don't know but um i i think action movie eddie murphy is interesting and in that the idea of eddie murphy being an action star in beverly hills cop was like that's the most fascinating part while i was watching beverly hills cop was like is he an action star like he was very unactiony for an action star yeah but like i thought he was cool which to me that's an important part of an action star is being cool
1: i loved how like in your face this movie was about like racial tension without like being over the top about the racial tension Mm -hmm. like there's just some lines in this movie where i was like fuck (laughs) like when the uh like his boss in detroit was like do i look like i just came off the cotton field i was like whoa you could not do a line like that nowadays yeah
2: Yeah. there was some good stuff there was some interesting like kind of cool politics in this movie like i've this is a working class ass movie like it showed poor it showed poor people like it was not there's like a lot of comedies and action comedies just have like rich folks in nice apartments having problems now and like Eddie Murphy had to, like, struggle to pay for his hotel room. He, like, wore a kind of a ratty, like, sweatshirt for 90% of the movie. And it it's <laughs> the <laughs> only, only complaint I have about this movie is there's no fucking way his car makes it driving from fucking Detroit <laughs> to Beverly Hills. See, that would have been... They should have cut some stuff out and still made the movie maybe 100 minutes long and had a scene of him, like, breaking down in Kansas or something. Because <laughs> I
1: checked, that's a 34-hour drive now there's no way that car was going over 55 that's probably (laughs) like a 45 hour trip
0: he could get away with it probably speed and then show the badge, and they're like, oh, sorry, I'm on a no, case. Joe, I don't yeah. think
1: that car was capable of going over 55, is <laughs>
0: That's what I was true. saying. Well, there was That's the joke,
2: like, uh, like, I remember you, you used to drive this busted old Nova. <laughs> and he's yeah. like, I what still are you driving that? now? And he's like, ha, ha, ha. I still <laughs> ha, 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 ha.
0: <laughs> what are you driving now, the busted ass Nova? Uh, so, Rick, give us the uh, plot breakdown so we can get into it, since you guys want to get into us.
1: Ah, boys, girls, non-binary, and everyone in between, please gather around for the reading of the plot of Beverly Hills Cop. We meet Axel Foley and are introduced to a cop who uh, plays between the lines, <laughs> using evidence to try and create a sting to uh, trap some thugs in Detroit. We learn how Foley uh, does things his own way. And we learned that in his past he had this very tight-knit groups of friends. And away. well, god damn it. Well, he <laughs> went the way of police. He had a friend that ended up in jail. And well, they go out to reminisce as his friend is out of jail and they get drunk and they come home. And poor Foley's friend gets shot right in the back of the head. Did not see that coming, by the way. And then we break it down, fully realizes through his uh, less than Sherlock Holmes s deductioning who has done this to his friend and he tries to break up what turns out to be much more than just an art dealer and Beverly Hills cop. I keep wanting to say 90210 when I say Beverly Hills.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Um, so fun facts about this movie as we're we're gonna discuss more. This movie was originally for Sylvester Stallone,
1: that would not have worked.
0: Um, however, it was going to be where is it like the friend was it Jenny? Yes, yes, Jenny was going to be a love interest instead of um, that's
1: hilarious. Keith and I talked about it before the podcast how it was so refreshing that the female lead wasn't a love interest. (laughs)
2: Yeah, she was just kind of kicking it and like doing art and <laughs> she was like yeah yeah sure i can get you into that place sure yeah uh
0: <laughs> he was the key master as i try to find speaking of Ghostbuster right by the way eddie murphy backed off from ghostbusters to, to do, do this, this movie yeah um do you have to I remember think... you have to remember he was gonna have a bigger role winston was gonna have a bigger role in ghostbusters so i, still I think, this think it
1: worked a... out all around oh yeah um
0: and I think, and so it was the, uh, Jenny was going to be the love interest and then, uh, I think, what was his name? Tommy, the the friend that gets murdered. Uh, Mikey. He was going to be his partner. So Mikey was going to be one that got murdered. Uh, but there's been multiple reports on why uh, Stallone left. Uh, one is something about orange juice and how he didn't like it in his trailer. But the other one is that um, <laughs> Stallone didn't like the idea of the the plot. So he left and basically took a lot of the bulk of the ideas of this movie. And if you go watch 1986's Cobra, that's going to be what he thought this movie would be.
2: Is that the arm wrestling one?
0: No, that's over the top. Okay, thanks. Co- yeah. Cobra, Co- Cobra, is, he's like a, is a cop who does it by his own rules and uh, <laughs> has um, Bridget Nielsen as his like. The love interest slash uh, person who's going to get kidnapped and stuff, and it's just oh, like, wow. So basically, it's it is Beverly Hills Cop, but St- Sylvester Stallone. Would you argue
1: that Stallone kind of falls into that same category as Joe's most beloved man, as someone who has like incredible highs in acting and yet also
2: incredible lows? I would say that Stallone is. I think it's a significantly, like, significantly objectively worse actor than Nicolas Cage. But, like, but he's also done
1: some like incredible things in acting.
2: Like, there's moments, and there's like, I've a a series which I will likely suggest in the future, hopefully, is the Rambo. I watched Rambo for the first time, like, in the last two years. Hell yeah. And Rambo won the scene, like, like i think sylvester sloan's acting in rambo one is like spectacular i mean i'm no i'm no like drama student or anything but like like the scene when he's freaking out and like having ptsd and like crying and the by the pinball machine or whatever Mm -hmm. like that was so touching like but then sylvester sloan's interesting character i i think the stroke doesn't
0: help him but he had the stroke in the 90s and that didn't happen
2: (laughs) I thought he was like so
1: incredibly good in the Creed movies. Mm -hmm. Like he just like, he's very capable of playing great characters. I think he just has a very like tight scope of what he's like capable of nailing, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: which
1: uh,
2: that's not a bad thing.
0: Yeah.
1: Nothing wrong with it.
0: Uh, Mickey Rourke was actually, was signed on to do this movie as well. Um, He had a $400,000 holding contract. However, the revisions and preparation took longer, uh, Rourke uh, left the project. You think
2: that means he got paid $400,000 to maybe do a movie? Yep. And like he received yes. the money?
0: Yes, he did. Uh, Martin Scorsese was offered <laughs> to direct but he turned it down because he felt the concept of this movie was too similar to um, Coogan's Bluff uh, Clint Eastwood, uh, western movie.
2: I'm glad Scorsese didn't do this. This is like too low brow for him.
0: <laughs> so. uh, other people that was... Uh, Considered for the role was Richard Pryor, um, Al Pacino, Hell yeah. that's right. uh, James <laughs> Kahn, and Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford could have done it. It would have been a whole
2: different character. He would have been just more surly and upset <laughs> the whole time.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: It definitely wouldn't have been like a comedy at all with him. It just Ford. would have been an
0: action thriller.
1: i mean Uh, i still argue that this isn't an action comedy this is an action movie that has funny moments Yeah.
0: yeah like we were saying earlier about this movie i agree with you guys with the fact that watching this movie now it's like i thought it was more funnier when i was a child but i don't remember a lot of it but now watching, i'm like there is comedy but it's like that dry humor one-liner that it's also like quinsworthy because of like the tone of or the topic of the one-liner
2: by the way who, who the fuck eats shrimp sandwiches that's such like an it sounds like an 80s food
0: like shrimp salad sandwich that's that's ridiculous
1: it didn't sound good <laughs>
2: no.
0: um but like i would say when i said earlier like it's that weird thing of seeing other like the like um we talked about jonathan bang says oh he's always the bad guy and then seeing ronnie cox Cox as the ba- lieutenant for an, an LA and I was just, at Beverly Hills, and it's just like, you're the bad guy from Detroit and Robocop in like three years. It 100% I,
1: felt like at some point, like someone in that police department was going to yep. be in the bad guy's pocket. Yeah. And then no one was. I was like, weird. And I think, like,
0: and to me, that's for me, that sometimes tones down the, um, that carries my like imagination away from the movie itself because I'm thinking the whole time, every time I see the lieutenant on the uh, screen, I'm like, he's turning on them, he's turning on them. he's gonna turn on them, and then he does not I'm like, Okay, well, then I worried for the past hour and a half of the movie of him, you know, gonna turn on them the well, entire and the whole, time. And the whole like payoff for Taggarty and Judge Reinhold is that they are just kind of shitty cops, yes. <laughs> Um, so for this movie, uh Eddie Murphy, John Ashton, and Judge Reinhold improvise most of the lines. Um, they literally have hundreds of takes by ruined by other cast members because of laughing. <laughs>
1: nice.
0: Um, during that scene, during the, the scene in the movie, they keep they keep it in uh, when Eddie Murphy's talking about them being super cops when they go to the strip joint and yeah. you know they run in, and uh you see John Ashton. Holding his head like this, like he's just so mad about you know he's how he's lying and stuff. That's him actually high, holding, preventing himself from laughing. That's funny. that's him was holding his face like God damn it, you know. God, that's him trying that trying not to laugh.
1: When Eddie Murphy at the end of it, it's like I fucking had him. You guys ruined a perfectly good lie. I was like yeah. fuck that's. Funny. that's what-
0: I love that they were just like they
2: establish they do such a good job of establishing that these cops in Beverly Hills are just nerds and they establish that over and over and over. I think that's a cool like 80s theme mm-hmm. where like, I think like to understand this movie you have to understand like a lot of like plot lines and like 80s and 90s action movies was just like beating the squares. <laughs>
0: like, I, I, I like, like I like the fact that they is one of those things that he did the line of him lying to the lieutenant and <laughs> But then the lieutenant basically does the same thing at the end of the movie, but they don't do it so many times because most movies nowadays, they do that situation of they do that same thing throughout the whole movie and they knock you on the head so many times. And when they're finally the guy you don't expect to do it, does it? You're like, well, they did it 20 times this movie. You would expect the guy. And I like the fact that they do it once. That's all it took. And it's all it it, took.
2: at the end of Taggart, he's like, "Yep, that's how it went." You're like, "Oh, yeah. we got him!"
0: Yeah. <laughs> Just the one. Get, the only
1: problem is for me with that though was 2022. Me being like, "Oh, sweet! A bunch of cops did a bunch <laughs> oh, yeah. of illegal shit, shot a bunch of people, and then lied about it to make it okay."
0: Yeah, potato, potato. So
2: I had a whole dialogue in my head while I was watching this
0: movie because I'm
2: famous and fake movie experts averse for my cop politics. But um, so the way I square it is that this is like a fictional fantasy world, kind of like Law and Order does the same thing. It's exactly the same in Law and Order where this movie takes place in a world where police are objectively good and criminals are objectively bad and there's like no complexities. So like there are bad guys and there are good guys and cops are out to get the bad guys and the cops are the good guys. And so like once you like square that
1: picture, people actually believe
2: that in the real world. yeah. Eh, I mean that's fine for them. But um in like in law that's why like law and order works because like oh yeah, yeah this cops are catching that child fucker. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it's one of the problems I think if we
1: watch bad boys nowadays and we talked about the fact that they just blow someone's brains out
2: in the <laughs> middle of that <laughs> movie. It's, it's the same <laughs> thing and same thing in bad boys. They are the heroes and the criminals are evil.
0: Evil <laughs> <laughs> uh i like i totally forgot about the beginning scene of like the um
1: dude that was a brutal chase scene holy uh, shit they broke a lot of cars
0: which by the way i'm surprised in this movie that they start the movie with the the song the heat the
1: heat is on
0: spectacular banger oh it's a it's a slapper (laughs) it's on the uh jack jock jams uh 1998 or something really it is on a jock jam and, yeah, no. I, I
2: gotta throw in a little bit of my cool trivia bit for that song. Okay. So I watched the. You lost your
0: virginity. Film. Got it.
2: Got it. Okay. Yeah, I, that was the first time I J O'd. I was watching <laughs> Encore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the heat was on, right, Keith?
2: Yeah, the heat was on. The, the, the meat was on my palm. The, <laughs> <Gross. on. Gross. laughs> the meat is on. Gross. The meat is on. That was a pretty good joke I just did right there. But, uh, oh, the chip, though. The, what's his fucking name? The singer of that song. Oh, I got it right. Yeah, Glenn Frey, the singer and performer of part of that song, is the other half of the Eagles from Don Henley. Oh, so weird! That, so that's like, and he was an original founding member of the Eagles. So he's like the take it easy guy.
0: <laughs> oh, really? That's cool. So, so like he's is,
2: probably pretty rich. At this point, yes. But there's a I watched this because I was so fascinated with the soundtrack. I watched this. There's a little special features little mini doc thing about the soundtrack on the dvd on the blu-rays i bought and they this was like a last minute thing that the, the couple of the the two composers Fred Rich and whatever the names are of the composers i'm not doing my due research harold faltermeyer yeah him him and his partner wrote that like on like, like on a tight deadline like over over one night and they they talk about how you can tell that because there's like no lyrics in it, but they pretty much only just say the heat is on. And then like no, no, couple no, other... No. No, no, <laughs> the no, no, heat no, no. is on. And then they got... I, 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 I'm not sure how Glenn Frey got involved, but they like wrote this on a really tight deadline and just got it in at the Sick. last second.
0: Sick. Um, I have I, to I say I like the, sure. the uh, couple of uh, Ryan Holden, Ashton as Billy and uh, Rosewood and Taggart. I thought they were, I, I like that they were the perfect, you know, you, oh, they were the straight over, man. Yeah. Over the top, over the top Eddie, and then you have them. Keith, did you find you got my uh, banana and the tailpipe joke?
2: Yes. That scene was, I, it's amazing. Like uh, that was part of the, that scene was part of the soundtrack extra feature thing I was talking about. And like I was noticing all, like they put a lot of care and thought into the way they like, incorporated that theme. Mm-hmm. The the da da, 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 da the they Axel were, F yeah what they were going for was their, their main inspiration was Pink Panther because they wanted da, da, they da. wanted da, they da. wanted Axel Foley to have a theme song to like, <laughs> like we will play this song when the plot is moving forward when he is doing something silly or like doing something mischievous or doing mm-hmm. some action so like Interesting. so they they used that song specifically to like subconsciously make you think that, okay, Axel Foley's doing some cool shit right now. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's like, it's kind of like if you go to the Dark Knight when the Joker is always on screen, there's always like a subtle tone. There was like, like, he has his own theme song, like his own song. Yeah. And it's just like a subtle, subtle tone of like a, a humming mm, type thing that's <laughs> always behind when he's on screen. And it's always one of those things if you just kind of, you know, if you look into it, there's always going to be those those type of songs that are to someone. Example: If you think of Axel F, the song, you're you're 100 going to think of Beverly Hills Cop.
2: Yeah, hey, he came up with the plan to send them out room service to distract them. <laughs> so, like, <Yeah>. that's... <laughs> um,
0: uh Those two, uh, Reinhold and Ashton, were told to just be uh, act like. Um, a middle-aged couple married for years <laughs> that's cool and they and that and they improvise how they did it and then that's how they got the role like hmm. they just improvised the scene together and she's like yep we like outside
1: you. of them like my god Eddie Murphy just acted circles around people in this movie yeah. like comparatively I'm like oh man like Eddie Murphy is like an actor and then some people are just attempting to act in this movie
0: <laughs> mm-hmm I I, I, I I forgot about the scene, but I I just love the the fact when he goes and visits the bad guy for the first time, and they kick him out, and they chuck him through a window, and he's like, "What the hell?" That? that scene was so good. That, that and, was he and, like, and he I gets arrested. He's like, "I get arrested
1: for getting thrown through a window? Those what happened were... if I jaywalk?"
0: <laughs> yeah, that, those jokes were great. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like him getting chucked through the window is hilarious.
2: And I like the way Eddie Murphy like spoke as Axel Foley in this. He had a weird like cadence and rhythm when he was doing his detective mode. He like kind of spoke quick and like efficiently, like with the mm-hmm. way he was describing what he was seeing. I was hard to I can't think of any examples, but I like the way he talked. I appreciated that he had different versions. Like there was the lighthearted having fun
1: guy, but then like when he was being serious, like mm-hmm. serious Foley was like
0: actually pretty scary. Like when like, it's like when he, he kills people. I like it's, it's, but you're right. Cause he's, he's the serious, he's the funny cop, uh, tries to play along with the other cops, try and lose them. Oh, oh, you guys are the B team. Good luck trying to get me. But when he goes to see the bad guy, you know, he's just like, when I find out that you killed Mikey, I'm gonna fuck you up. And then when he's at the diner, he's like, if you touch her, do anything wrong to her, I'm gonna kill you. Yeah. Um oh by the yeah, like the more like
2: darker serious moments are interesting in this movie. Like Rick, you kind of mentioned in the intro about the, the hit scene on Mickey, Mike, what was Mikey. it? Mike, Mikey. Like I there's there was something in the very deep far back of my head where I was like, okay, he's probably gonna die here. But then well, I then, thought they'd at least like cut away. But then in while I was watching it, I was like, Oh my god, they just killed him. <laughs> yeah, they shove him to the floor and just pop him twice in the face. And I was like my, very my mouth 80s was open. lack was like, of gore, though. Yeah, but uh, I, I thought it was still really violent, though. I thought it. Oh, it was worked. super
1: violent. Dude, I you watched it him put a gun to the back of his head and
2: pull the trigger. It was yeah, oh, it was yeah. very gross. It was a gross scene.
0: <laughs> uh, Eddie Murphy became tired during filming the police station scenes and during the movie. Um, so the crew offered him coffee, but refused to drink it because he was refusing to take any take drugs of any kind during the movie. What oh, changed
1: later on in Eddie Murphy's life?
0: Yeah, and eventually he started taking small sips, which he be uh, became very ener- energized and ad lib the super cops monologue. And there are sometimes in the movie he watches eyes are jittering a lot. but It's because of the coffee.
2: I like right that,
1: coffee. That Wink.
2: that that story implies that he like it's norm like normally I'll just fucking slam drugs and caffeine, <laughs> but like. Yeah. This time I'm I'm in character. I gotta like I want to be straight edge for a minute because you know well known
1: in the '80s straight edge Eddie Murphy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, I I like the I. It's that like crazy. It's it's that weird thing that like, as a fan you're watching the movie. You are like just tell them you're a cop. Tell them you're a cop. You they're gonna get you know they're gonna let you slide because you're a cop. And like he never did he he never did for like the first like. What thirty minutes until they like the lieutenant shows up and's like, why didn't you say you're a cop? I well, I, I'm a, I'm on vacation. Do you always carry <laughs> your gun? Well, in Detroit, you're you're told to. Why are you here? I'm on vacation. Why are you well, here? Well, the
1: whole reason he didn't tell me was a cop is because usually when you tell someone you're a cop, they'll check that and they'll contact yeah. your precinct. He was trying to get them
2: not yeah. to do that because he, he wasn't supposed to be there. He didn't want to get fired.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: The plot of that's another it's a working class ass story because he just like didn't want to lose his job <laughs> that was like a big yeah. like driver of his well he like... clearly wasn't in a good place financially oh yeah yeah and um... then they I, I, I don't know it's a little off topic but going back to the mickey sorry mikey thing like they do so much work establishing their relationship in like four minutes yeah like <laughs> did... I, it, it worked for me i thought it was great like the bar scene and the way that like He's like, do you know why I didn't turn you in? It's because I love you, man. Like, you're you're, you're a good friend. And I
1: mean, it, it was a like... very classic, like, you can tell these two are, like, super close because they could pick up their relationship Yeah. after a two-year hiatus. And it's very like... much something we would be akin to if we didn't yeah. see each other for two years. And as soon as we picked up, Joe would kick your ass at 2K. And
2: I'd, yeah, and I'd do the thing where I'd be like, hey, you guys remember when we used to steal cars a lot? <laughs> <laughs>
0: But no, I don't re- recall that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um
2: don't worry, I'll bet a hundred dollars on pool and then I'll get shot in the head and then
0: you'll... uh a, a small scene <laughs> we like we liked. Uh, I I like you guys did too, is the scene of Damon Wayne's giving him bananas. <laughs> just like, just take him, just take him, you know. Now find
1: <laughs> out that's Damon Wayne's first movie is so crazy because you can already see like the genius that is Damon Wayne's in that bit. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. What, he was Mad TV, right? He was on there. He he, he, no, he no, was on, he was on uh,
0: in Living Color, yeah, and yeah. He was that's what SN- it was in Living Color. He was on SNL for a season, then he got fired because he did a he did one of his characters from in uh, Living Color, who is the um like the gay uh, movie reviewer. <laughs> Hated oh, yeah. it.
2: Like he did one of those characters. Well, and- that was a an an off pod conversation that Rick and I were having is that in the eighties, just like doing a gay voice was comedy that was just like a joke he did
0: but the funny thing like, <laughs> yeah. but the thing was i guess he was he wasn't supposed to be that character he was supposed to be like a different like he was supposed to be a movie reviewer or something in the role but he just portrayed it like his character from uh uh in living color and they got oh, fired nice. like right after the job right after the uh oh, was it like the men on football bit men on men on film men on yeah Yeah. And he like, he portrayed that character instead of what he was supposed to do. And then he like, I think he got like fired like right after that show, like that episode ended. Like they fired him. Like, because at that time, you know, outrageous to portray that.
1: But yeah, like Um, the jokes of just being like, oh, I'm gay and I have a sexually transmitted disease and I need to go tell my lover about it because it's the 80s and we're not allowed to be, you know, people.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah, it was 80s. It was very 80s.
1: (laughs) But even then, as we talked about, like there's nothing in this very early 80s movie that was super popular, headed up by Eddie Murphy, that like makes you go, like, ooh, this movie wouldn't work like nowadays. Like there's parts that would need to be changed. Yeah. But like altogether, like this movie, like There's nothing cancel, cancel cancelable about this movie. Yeah,
2: like, like Super Bad's probably a little more offensive as far as that kind of stuff goes (laughs) than this movie.
1: (laughs) Well, like we talked about before, like, Revenge of the Nerds isn't going to be coming back and become a popular thing again anytime soon.
0: Yeah. Ain't got no time for that. Yeah,
2: yeah, I think Beverly Hills Cop translates pretty well now to me seeing it for the first time, like, 40 years
0: or whatever the fuck after it came out. Um... Almost, th- uh, yeah, almost 40. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Fuck, when did bummer, Rodney, right?
1: Rodney King happened in the 90s? 1991
2: Yeah. Nin-
0: 1992. Okay. Like the Sublime song.
1: <laughs> yeah. So just like, that's crazy to think that this movie came out eight years Nin- before that.
0: 91, 91. Or seven 91. years before that. 91, yeah.
1: And like the weird, like just that fucking scene where he's driving through Beverly Hills and like a white woman just looks at him, and goes, "Ooh, a black man," and then like <laughs> her white boyfriend and or her husband <laughs> is just like, "No,
2: sir." Oh, and I think we should go. I, I do think we should talk about the opening sequence, as I they they were first of all it was I, I thought it was like a perfect perfect opening to this film, and they used that really rad song that I mentioned with the Eagles guy, "The Heat Is On." No, like that was the,
0: the that was the that was the end beginning of the movie yeah,
1: that's what that saying. was the opening a... sequence yeah, yeah no, the but opening, not, not, not not the not, montage
0: oh okay 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 right. like the montage i, I was, I was thinking of the just semi. showing
1: detroit like
2: establishing like locale and, was, and mm-hmm. i guess that's where i was going is i thought they're like that opening montage was so beautiful in that like i was i keep going back to my class thing with this movie it like it showed Poverty, but not in like a dehumanizing way. It showed the like the good and the bad, the bright and the dark of it. And like, I thought it was like a really human, like, it showed that there was there are humans in Detroit and these are people and like Mm -hmm. there's a people with lives and struggles. And and they said a lot. They said a lot, but they said a lot seeing a little. And I thought Mm -hmm. that was an impressive scene.
1: I think they really did a good job of contrasting that to when they were in Beverly Hills too. Like, yes, you had that opening montage. That showed like a true everyday worker and then it showed
2: whatever the fuck you would describe Beverly Hills as. Yeah, they, I mean they they they're very they they don't they're not subtle. They like drive by Gucci and like Range they, Rover. Yeah, they go by all the fancy shops. And I think there's there's a big like class component to this movie, and that's that calls out to me a lot. I think that's pretty cool in this. I think there's a cool that's a cool like under undercurrent in this movie is like the class contrast. Mm. And like the nerd, the nerds in Beverly Hills, and they just, they're just like they're really just working to get by in Detroit. And like they really like they exaggerate those coloring and like they exaggerate those textures.
0: Um for me, like I think Rick, you were saying earlier about how there was like a dead period in this movie. Like there like beginning, I, to me it was beginning to from two to three, like the transition from uh section two to section three and all that like there was like that dry period of time it's just like okay let's move it along you know like let's get moved you now
2: there's way too many scenes of like oh man i better not be caught for researching this guy like that went that that part went on too long like we just kind of like established what the ending was going to be
1: and for some reason did another 20 minutes yeah they just like getting did, there they
0: did the ending early yeah <laughs> Like yeah, he finds out coffee grounds twenty minutes later, and then it's just like, what's coffee grounds do with it? It's like you're not a good cop. You don't understand that, you know. It's like, what do you mean? You know. By the way, how do you that? That's a fun. That's a fun question for the
2: group here. How do you did you guys know the understand the coffee grounds thing before it happened? No. Well,
0: um, no, I I understood that once. I think that's a trope. That's a trope in movie. I feel like the coffee ground cocaine thing. (laughs) <laughs> like I I knew I knew there's drugs in the coffee grounds, but I did not know like the, that was the reasoning why, like because the dogs can't sniff.
2: Like I was trying to think of why I know that. And I, I, I wonder if it was probably because of movies.
0: Yeah, it was it was
2: movies. So I'm trying to think of like which movies. <laughs> I don't know. In it, was all, it was probably in Canto. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Encanto, well known for its intense <laughs> cocaine uh shipments.
2: Yes, sir. <laughs> No, I'm that pretty house sure was, it was just e- creating cocaine. I think it was, it was actually it, it, it. was Eternals. That's where I learned. Oh that. God, they
1: <laughs> had to get it fucking. Bad. Had to get it Keith, in. I'm gonna be honest. You're starting to uh starting to piss me off about the Eternals stuff. <laughs> what? The, the, let's, s- let's just move. Let's move past it. It was s- a bad Marvel movie. Can we just move past it? No,
2: Cersei's a big Cokehead and she had to move it, and she had a bunch of coffee in Oklahoma, wherever the fuck. <laughs>
0: So this is like Keith, <laughs> Keith's internal love is like the bad boys too. That how some way, some way, somehow it always gets brought into the movie, into the show. But like since Eternals has come out, Keith has constantly said it in one way or fashion. It lives. In I don't my, think it's gonna end.
2: It lives in my body like like you know <laughs> like acid lives in your spine, so that when you crack your spine, sometimes you have acid flashbacks. <laughs> I don't think that's true. Well, no, it's it's not necessarily true, but it's a it's an acid thing. Never mind.
1: Keith, I think you've just done too much acid. In
0: <laughs> so, so Keith, how was your uh, sexy, horny level when we went to the strip club? I, I was giggling
2: because I was like, "Oh, there's got to be a stripper, like a stripper scene. There's always a stripper scene in these movies." And I, and it I thought it was, was great. I loved it. Just
1: there to be. Well, I mean, I guess it was also there to establish how good uh, <laughs> Axel is at like. Reading situations like it just kind of like continued to show how strong of cop he was, and yeah, then was to say, show that to the de- the detective duo so they could start trusting him,
2: like he knows what he's doing. Yeah, because I, it didn't feel gratuitous to me because of all that stuff he just said. Like I thought it was yeah. some cool character building but it was
1: still gratuitous because it was at a titty
2: bar. You could have well, done yeah, it just showed, anywhere. Just, it was they had the eighties, they had the eighties boobies. They showed for a second I literally have a note on my paper here that says "boobs" on it. I like <laughs> the Such fact, like yeah, the fact that
0: <laughs> the fact that a rated R movie had partial nudity and it was like one tit. That's like that's your nudity right there. Yeah,
1: this movie was definitely R more because of all the like yeah swearing than anything else. Yeah,
2: there was, was some good def- cursing, some cursing. A bunch cursing of fucks.
1: Uh, Eddie Murphy dropped a hard end,
0: <laughs> which which that scene of him uh, because because of how. uh you know, smart and wit- witty he is. The fact of him getting the hotel, saying that he's from the Rolling Stone and he's going to be interviewing Michael Jackson yeah. in at this hotel, and you know they don't have his room, and just he just draw, you know, just goes off about how, <sighs> you know, Michael Jackson the the what was what was the article but like Michael Jackson on top of the rooftop or something? Uh, and then it was a
2: really it was a really clever line because it sounded like a Rolling Stone headline. I like the yeah. line. He's I forget what it was. It was really clever. But yeah, that movie, like, that entered, that was like the most, the second most stressful part in this movie. About how he was going to pay for that awesome room. <laughs> I was so worried about that when I was watching. And the
1: he movie. just like, got was, away with it in the end. Like it, it just, just got worked paid out. For. I And,
0: and it, he he got a suite that he got had to pay for a single, which was two fifty a night. Which yeah, honestly,
1: I mean, I would take a single room right now yeah. in a hotel at two fifty a night. Hotels
2: are stupid expensive nowadays. Yeah, that's like that's that's what that's a five hundred dollar room right now.
0: <laughs> yeah. If not more, if not more, if yeah. more because it's Beverly Hills.
2: Yeah, yeah, like a uh, penthouse ass room in Beverly Hills.
0: No, I'm the, just talking
1: about just getting the single room price. Yeah, still yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. Uh,
0: the the guy at the end at the front desk was the director of the movie.
1: Nice. Oh, that's funny.
0: Um, but Correct. I like that. I like that scene of him, uh just go- fr- flipping out, and she's like. That just works. Just works. Of so just you know the idea of him is like, I want my room. You guys don't have my room. What the hell? You you, you do you want me to cause a scene? Because I will, goes, sir. What is wrong? <laughs> he was the original Karen. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. Where is it? Uh, Bronson uh, Pinchert was only he got the role because he. Worked with somebody who had that accent and he was trying to work on it during the uh and just trying to work on it. The the director thought it was funny as hell, (laughs) so gave him the role because yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: That Bronson's from
0: Perfect Strangers. And if you have not seen that, Keith,
2: never, yeah, I haven't. It's a TV
0: show, Perfect Strangers, it's about a TV show of a a, uh, Bronson picture coming from a foreign land. And rooming with his cousin.
1: The, it's very accent funny.
0: Yeah.
2: Accents can be funny. It, it was on, it's a, might be were they on the West Coast.
0: What, I think they're like in New York. Cause like everybody was in New York in the time.
1: Looks like it might be Chicago. Or it Chica- was or Chica-
0: or Chicago because it's a family matter spinoff.
1: That's right. And it's part of, it was a part of TGIF. That's why I would watched it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Because it was a part of like that whole sequence of like, um. God, what was step? Not step by step. Step by
0: step. It was. uh, Family matters. Family matters. Step by step. Um, Step
1: by step. Day by day.
0: Easy, my dude. Um, (laughs) What other stuff about this? I'm trying to think of the movie
2: uh you know this ha-
0: has like one of the iconic shots and like if you look at the movies uh, if you go if you do like uh iconic shots from movies this is going to be in it. it's the one of him doing the uh buckwheat okay type the the you know hey the smile in the bar in the yeah. strip club because of the fact is like hey you got the guy i was telling you about like, hey <laughs> nice job you know
2: i loved it. the whole strip club scene was pretty great <laughs> No, uh, uh, although you were, I think we should go back to the chase. We didn't talk much about the, the, the that was like really the that was like the the action set piece. I would say it for this movie is they mm. kind of blew their action set piece load right right at the start. Oh yeah, like that chase looked so good, no. and nothing the, really lived up to it through the rest of the movie. You can see the Bruckheimer though. That I think like that's. Jerry Bruckheimer would not tolerate a bad action sequence.
0: By the way, uh, a room adjacent the with adjusting inflation, inflation to twenty uh, from twenty nineteen, so th- uh, three years ago, that hotel would be six thirty a night. Hell yeah!
2: Jesus.
0: So bump it <laughs> up cool. more. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, th- I th- you know it's it's that crazy thing of this movie had the one big chase scene, and it was like the first scene in the movie. And there was a cool, I'm going back to that, uh, the soundtrack little bit I bought, but
2: Earth watched, but they were talking about how during a chase sequence, like the way you mix the sound levels, you can either focus on the sound effects, like the vehicle hitting things, or you can focus on the music. And it's a little more rare to focus on the music, which is what they did. So like, it was basically a music video, like for that thing. And I'm not going to bring up Eternals, but they were like crashing real trucks into real cars. (laughs) and like it was all like a very like well put together like set with
0: they were using real real things yeah, yeah they, they were
2: driving things into things
0: yeah i don't think i would call it a real
1: set dude i'm pretty sure no, they sorry, were just said, in a location street it's driving it's a, yeah, through it's a cars. real location
0: <laughs> um
1: looked very unsafe
0: i know they were going fast
1: <laughs> <laughs> and like that was just a dude hanging off the back of the truck yep, for yep. some of those scenes i'm like that looks so unsafe
0: um and-
2: Go ahead, Keith. Oh, so yeah I was just gonna say a little bit more of the cool, like on like just the look of this movie. They went all they was clearly like a love, it was a love letter to Beverly Hills and like the Los Angeles area. Cause they like went to all these cool locations and like famous spots. And they that scene when they're walking up to City Hall. I was watching a little clip with one of the producers on YouTube and they were saying how like in reality, like all there's a scene where all like all the flowers are looking pretty when they're all walking up to the front door. And they were, like, they had to, in real life, the flowers were, like, kind of dead and not so nice there. So they, like, dug them all up. And the film, like, the production company, like, replanted their garden for them and, like, made all these flowers look nice and these bushes look nice. So they could, like, walk up and have this six-second shot, like, look really pretty. So they did all um, this work for this, this the, little tiny shot.
0: They called the uh, the truck used during the opening chase sequence referred to as the train. Because nice. its front bumper was replaced with a steel I beam, uh, so it could plow through anything that came in contact with it.
2: <laughs> and it did.
0: <laughs> uh Eddie did most of the stunts during it, however, not the one flying out of the nice of the of the uh, truck. Um but uh stuntman did it, but I guess uh the one who did it did not want to go back into the truck after this <laughs> the shot. Um but uh, they filmed a lot of it in Detroit, and they filmed um, the chase scene in Detroit, and they filmed a lot of the movie also in LA and Beverly Hills and stuff. But Beverly Hills at the time had a ten thirty curfew, so they had to go down to Pasadena to film. Interesting. Most of the movie too. Interesting.
2: Oh, like the, that was probably like the warehouse shit, and like yeah.
0: But which I once again the, the warehouse scene I liked it. The scene of him uh running down all the warehouse workers how he's like uh oh god you know it's like is is that your is that your ferrari outside
2: no yeah that was that that was a little bit that was a little a point where i was like this is a little unbelievable
0: (laughs) they're like is that your ferrari outside no it's not you're good no we won't come down here i can have have 40 guys down here right now Uh uh-huh
2: and I was uh, going back to the Eddie Murphy's like crazy, like prankster negotiation skills back to their very, very start of the movie when he's pretending to be the cigarette salesman.
0: Yep. And he's doing, I, I'm a businessman. I'm a businessman. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> like I that. like the fact, sorry, I was just saying, I like the fact what they do with that scene of him. Like they, I like the fact since he's a young hotshot detective the fact, he's like, he offered, he wanted seven grand. They're only giving him two. Yeah, it's like yeah. he just knew. It's just like, well, if you give me the two, they know I'm a cop. Uh huh. That's funny. Oh, and by
2: the way, very far side note. Eddie Murphy was a very pretty man in this right? early eighties. Like, I forgot
1: how like attractive that man. Yeah, was. he was
2: now like it helped. He was definitely movie star material. He's 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 like beautiful and he's funny and he's charming. <laughs> like,
0: uh, what, one of the scenes I think we we talked about before was the, um. Oh, Keith, by the way, the tirade, I'm looking, I'm trying to find something up. The tirade um that he did in the the Beverly Palms Hotel was Michael Jackson sitting on top of the world. Yep. And for the Rolling Stones. In real life, Playboy ran a article called Eddie Murphy Sitting on Top of the World. Jesus, that's hilarious. That's uh, a good, that's clever. Uh one of the things we were talking before show was the Fat, the homage the ode to Eddie Murphy and his uh, <sighs> raw jackets as he's walking down LA and it stops him for a minute and he just sees you know the old the raw leather red leather jacket and jumpsuit and they had a black and red one and it's just like I was just laughing I'm like even in 1984 they're taking shots at him in a funny way of his stand-up
2: well I didn't think it was shots I thought it was like Oh,
0: in a funny way, not like... Yeah, I thought a, it was like a tip know. of the
2: cap, like homage. Like, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, that's... Uh, like, Amy Schumer lately did a bit called The Leather Special, and Amy Schumer's dad sucks, or uncle sucks. But, like, it was a clever clever name for her comedy special, because she was referencing Eddie Murphy's outfit for, like, the name of her comedy special. Mm-hmm. She called it, like, The Leather Special, because he was wearing his, like, kooky-ass leather suit. So, like, that... Eddie Murphy is like that raw outfit is very famous.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the one of the funny things we were just talking a minute ago about, like the difference between L.A. and uh, like Detroit, mm-hmm. is I like the fact they show that way too of how low grade like the police station is for <laughs> Detroit, but when you go to the L.A. one, it's like you know see through mirrors, yeah. high high GPS. Which at the time wasn't a thing. <laughs>
2: That's right. Yeah, when I was watching that, I was like, wait, wait, they can
0: do that. <laughs> GPS was not a thing in 1984. That's So funny. I'm not gonna say like they got the the idea. It was, it was probably
2: it was funny seeing situation in this movie that cell phones would have solved. I think there was yeah. a couple of those. It was like, <laughs> yo, you, like you could just call Judge Reinhold out there, he could come in and help you.
0: <laughs> but like how low class the Detroit yeah. Uh thing is to what the uh LA one is. And like it's the same thing for the RoboCop franchise too. It's like I feel like they use the same uh, fucking police station mm-hmm. because when you see the police station in Beverly Hills it looks like it's a mansion, a high school, you know, like a Yeah. Uh my joke is the TGIF high school shot from outside when they're going to the <laughs> next scene, you know? It's like, oh this is big." But Yeah,
2: that stuff was cool. Yeah. Now that Yeah. it's it's like talking about this movie is a lot more fun than because that like we're that little part where it dragged like really bummed me out Mm -hmm. like it wasn't that long but man it was it hurt it hurt it's It's like i talked about it has
1: super iconic moments yeah that we've i mean the villain in this movie who we have barely talked about feels like he became like what every action movie used as a villain through the 80s, 90s and the thousands like the Eastern European (laughs) sounding like villain guy just seemed like this movie established that. He was Hans he was Hans Gruber.
2: I have my (laughs) rights.
1: It's been revoked. (laughs) Like it seriously feels like this movie like influenced a ton of action movies that would come Mm -hmm. after it. It just you know wasn't great the entire time.
0: Uh speaking of the villain, Steven uh Berkhoff loathes this movie. Well, that's dumb. <laughs> um so- sounds like a snob. However, uh the casting crew member decide- decided to hire um Mr. Uh Berkhoff after seeing him in um octopusy.
2: Oh, he was that's right.
0: That's funny. She he was Olaf and Octopus. <laughs> but overall, was, you know, I, I think this one thing for, one last thing for me is like what I said earlier in the show about the Ronnie Cox thing of him turning on him. Like, I think like for me, that hurts the movie. Now I can watch it and like enjoy the whole damn movie instead of like stressing out the whole time. <laughs> uh, but I don't think it will uh, ruin the uh, star ranking here no
2: like um, the, the dragon part is my only real complaint i don't think yeah. it's gonna hurt it that
0: much. i don't think it will either yeah because it was still like this it's
2: nice because it's cool to get like a this is a very like it's a genre movie like action ish, action forward comedy back cop thriller buddy movie kind of or it's sort of it's like a foundation for a buddy movie cuz they don't establish the buddy kind of stuff until later on but I do like it like I like the relationship because they developed with Taggart Ryan Judge Reinhold and Eddie Murphy like those three are they're, they're a cool group I like I enjoy how they work together so like the way they developed that was fun and it was sort of what? a slow burn which a little maybe a little too slow but it it worked yeah I uh, could use
1: the way the movie ended instead of him being like, put in a good word, taking him back to Detroit. Like just being like, well, I'm probably out of a job in Detroit. Well, could you help me out and be like, you got it, pal. Like something mm-hmm. like that.
2: Instead of the ending they went with. Well, and yeah. I have not a clue what happens in Beverly Hills cop Two, but I kind of think that if I were Beverly Hills cop Two, it would be what the chief said, like as a lie to the, whatever Lieutenant guy. So like he's like oh and they, he we hired him on as a special task force unit leader or whatever to the to our police station he's undercover so like that seems to be like the logical step forward is that like no nah, nah, he's he's not in Detroit anymore he's in Beverly Hills cop he's he's big mm-hmm. time now I think.
0: Um, yeah it'll
1: be keep, interesting I'm interested to see how it
0: I know I really want to he boots <laughs> this story somehow. I I, I I won't lie after I watched one I was like I should just watch two right now. Like I really was like on the verge of just watching too. Like I'm just gonna watch it now. But I do. Like, I,
2: I I do want I want to know what happens.
0: <laughs> Which you can find all uh, the Beverly Hills Cops on HBO uh, Max, uh, Keith. Yeah, a good, if you good
2: thing I good, good thing I own that disc now.
0: <laughs> there you go, uh, Keith. If you if you want a like buddy cop 80s movie, look up Ru- Running Scared. I brought it up last week. Uh, it's Gregory Hines and a ripped Billy Crystal.
2: Oh, cool! Yeah, that sounds fun.
0: And it's they Chicago cops, and they have to go, they go to Key West, and it's like a whole like drug run in Key West, Florida. But it's actually a really good movie, and it's just like Billy Crystal being Billy Crystal, but like super ripped. Did really Crystal just
1: get so rich he didn't have to act anymore? Like, why did he stop acting?
0: That, I'm, yeah,
2: that I'm, part. maybe he just like found cool projects, or like likes to hang out with his dogs or cats or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, and he, he got a lot, you know, he had all the big movies and it's all his stand up. So, like, he and and Monsters Inc. That kind of.
2: Oh, yeah, Wazowski. <laughs>
0: yeah, that kind of, you know, put him away for that. But yeah, he didn't do much after. He's got that uh, Pixar money. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he does. But look up uh, Running Scared, Keith. I think it's on okay. Prime. And it's a and the- surprisingly. We did it for the queue, which you go to nocelenttainment.com to find that.
2: The, the this movie made me want to like take in more Eddie Murphy content. Like, yeah. I want to see more like, like I've never seen Forty Eight Hours. I need to like, I I love Nick Nolte. Like, I need to watch Forty Eight. I've never seen Forty Eight Hours.
0: There's two of those, so down the line.
2: Yeah,
0: uh, which by the way, in Forty Eight Hours, um, Eddie Murphy. You know, I'll save it. I'll save it. I don't want to ruin something <laughs> because it's a couple people in this movie are actually in that movie as well. Full
2: frontal? Is that what you're about to say? Is it just full yeah,
0: there's full frontal, and I don't want to, I don't want to ruin it for you.
2: Just get to see Eddie Murphy's
1: wang, just yeah, full on, just in all its glory. Yeah.
0: Yep. All right, so guys, what do you guys think the budget was for this movie? By the way, I'll just say this now: Eddie Murphy got four million for this.
2: Wow. I mean, That's, I would
1: assume it's probably not more than like eight million.
2: So I watched, it's, I, I guess it sort of applies to the next one, but I watched the uh, Johnny, uh, Johnny, uh, Car- Johnny Carson interview with Eddie Murphy regarding Beverly Hills Cop 2 right mm-hmm. before the record here tonight. And he's 26 years old. He's 26 years old on that show. And uh, it's Johnny Carson is such a weirdo. He's asking him like what it's like to be rich like I assume like cuz i guess he's it was weird cuz he's been rich for a while at that point mm-hmm. <laughs> so like he's like do you ever just like walk down the street and buy stuff and Eddie Murphy just kind of owns him he's got a really cool energy on the show and i guess i forget where i was going with that point but
0: yeah i don't know either yeah but... i
2: don't know how we got from the budget to that but well no I mean, cuz eddie murphy made 4 million dollars at this is where i was it started no, oh,
0: okay. i don't have an Imagine, ending I'm
2: so at
1: 4 million dollars in 1984 is like that's a lot of fucking money. Yeah. I would have stopped uh, working
2: if I made four million dollars right now. I'd I'd quit.
1: You probably
2: <laughs> couldn't right oh, now no.
0: with inflation.
2: <laughs> I'd, Keith, on a, I'd make it work.
0: Keith, on a side note, though, I did see a an uh, interview. I don't know when it was, but it was like super super like off topic. But it's that uh, making money, and they ask him questions. It's like uh, I saw a thing about like Eminem. They asked him about like, you know how much money he's earned and stuff and he's like i don't know i asked my i i continue to ask my agent if that um, if it's okay for me to buy this cool. and he's like <laughs> he like he's like how, what watch do you have on and i forgot what it was but he had like a 20 dollar watch on that's funny. and it's just like the guy's like you can buy rolexes and like you probably could buy rolex the company and he's like no i'm good i'll buy the like the, the 20 dollar <laughs> you know there's like two-way
1: so. people who have lived flat-ass broke go with money. <laughs>
0: they
1: either don't understand the concept, so they never like blow their money that bigly. Or they, again, don't understand the concept and blow through it all.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, The budget for this movie, though, was $14 million. Wow,
1: that's a lot. Uh,
0: Yeah uh for the gross for this movie domestically it got 234 million dollars holy shit that's so massive that sounds like a sequel (laughs) i don't that's what i was gonna say i don't think they had the idea of doing a sequel until how big this movie blew up that they went all right we gotta do another one uh the internationally it got 81 million so worldwide they got 316 million for it made over 300 million dollars than the budget that's
1: insane in 1984 yeah, that's cool
0: yeah yeah so they that's they uh, yeah they like i said i don't think they were planning on doing a sequel until um it was in the box office it was number one for 13 weeks jesus um but yeah, it was number one for thirteenth, like I said, and it only opened to two thousand and six theaters. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's that crazy thing of it was a low um, release. But uh, Keith, before I move on, do you have a review have you- from a dead man?
2: He is a uh, very much alive at this point, and uh, I think I've.
0: I've mentioned it a couple
2: of times on the cast, but this was back in the times when like it, action movies were loathed by critics. <laughs> so like it was and it was cool to like movies that got bad reviews. Mm-hmm. So but, and it's, it's not that bad a review. But Roger Ebert gave it two and a half stars out of four. And I think kind of the his thesis here. I read through it. I guess th- this first paragraph is pretty good. I'll do a little read. A little reading series for the gang here. Eddie Murphy looks like the latest victim of the star magic syndrome, in which it is assumed that a movie will be a hit simply because it stars an enormously talented person. Thus, it is not necessary to give much thought to what he does or says, or to the story he finds himself occupying. Beverly Hills Cop is a movie with an enormously appealing idea. A tough black detective from Detroit goes to Beverly Hills to witness the murder of a friend. But the filmmakers apparently expected Murphy to carry this idea entirely by himself so Roger Ebert thought the movie was a little hollow except for uh, Eddie Murphy's charm factor which I kind of disagree with I think it's a pretty outstanding action movie and I think it that carries some weight in itself but yeah that's what Ebert thinks
0: um, according to um, Empire Magazine the in uh, the 100 greatest movie characters of all time, Axel Foley is number 55. Have oh, fun.
2: <laughs> that's cool.
0: want to tell you. Guess what number one is? James
2: Bond. John Wick. Uh,
0: James Bond is two. Druig. <laughs> there it is. Uh, Indiana Jones.
1: Oh yeah, that checks out. That's that's a boring pick. Yeah yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh Han Solo's 3 so uh top 3 in greatest characters of all time Harrison Ford has top he's 66% top. of the greatest characters of all time yep <laughs> he's a good action
2: yep
0: um <laughs> uh, Killer. You know, at a time and at the time entertainment weekly magazine ranked Beverly Hills Cop as the third best comedy films of all of uh, the last 25 years Wow, and according so to so
1: weird because it's so like not that funny of a movie,
0: right? Uh, that's so <laughs> well, crazy. Although, bit. like
2: when it's funny, it's very funny. It, I yeah, but it
1: only has true. like five funny yeah, bits. That's
2: true. Yeah.
0: Uh, according to a uh, British novelist, says that this movie is a flawless <laughs> masterpiece. So it's like crazy <laughs> nice. kind of. That's uh, um, okay. that's a bit
2: far. Okay, chill out. <laughs> no, no.
0: So let's go to the box office for December seventh through the 9th of 1984 oh
2: th- this will be interesting
0: i just want to bring this up just now just because we did this which you can go back to you no know, and look up fakes movie experts and uh listen to us talk about ghostbusters because in 13th spot in its 27th week was ghostbusters jesus damn uh coming in number 10 in its 12th week with 634 000,
2: Amadeus. Uh, Mideus, um, Mideus, amadeus Mideus. amadeus amadeus <laughs> uh, Amadeus. <laughs>
0: Dr. Sayers, Dr. Sayers. <laughs> uh, Dr. Sayers, Dr. Sayers. Dr. Sayers. Uh, coming in at number nine in its third week with $660,000. Uh, Falling in Love is a Robert De Niro Meryl Streep movie.
1: Interesting.
0: Uh, number nine. Uh, oh, sorry. Number eight in its fifth week with 732000 is Oh God, you devil! Sounds like a
2: porno. Not George Carlin. Is no, it, not is George it, Carlin.
0: George Burns. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep,
2: yeah. yep.
0: It's a George Burns also movie.
2: Also, that was a heavily featured encore movie.
0: Yeah, it was. <laughs> Him and John Denver in the first one. Yep. Uh, coming in at number seven in its third week with nine hundred thirty-one thousand. Is Supergirl?
1: Like cool.
0: Like uh, Superman, Supergirl, Supergirl, or yes, yes, yes. That'd be fun to watch. (laughs) That would that's like a Q movie. So that's what they tell me. Um, Coming in at number six in its fourth week with one million dollars is Night of the Comet. Uh, It's a sci-fi movie. A comet wipes out most of life on Earth leaving two valley girls fighting against cannibal zombies and a sinister group of scientists. Okay, I want to fucking see this movie. I know, movie. that sounds
2: that sounds awesome.
0: It's on Pluto TV, so Good. That's good to know. Uh coming in number 5 in it's fourth week with 1.2 is Missing in Action. That sounds super familiar. Oh, it's a Chuck oh. Norris movie. Nice. Did I,
2: did By the way, do you guys remember Do you guys remember Chuck Norris's Bowflex ads?
0: Yes, he still does it.
2: Good. I just thought, I just, just that, that, or did that kind of appeared in my brain lately. So I thought it was something I needed to get out. I think
0: we did missing in action for the queue. I don't (laughs) recall. No, we did Invasion USA. Same plot. Uh, Coming in at number four in its seventh week with 1.4 million, The Terminator. The Terminator came out this year. Yeah. We've discussed it. A lot of movies came out in 84. I've heard time frame. I've heard some fun
2: some fun some fun arguments that one is actually the best one. So I'd I'd like no. to go back. No, we're we, different
1: we, movies. One yeah. is like an actual like horror movie, kind yes. of mm-hmm. and two is an action movie. Like they're yes. different yes. genres of that's, movies.
2: That's why I, I have a hard time believing it because James Cameron doesn't do wrong.
0: Yeah. Uh coming in number three in its uh first week with six million. City Heat is a Clint Eastward Burt Reynolds movie nice
1: perfect nice I can't wait to pick smoking the bandit at some point by the way <laughs> hell yeah
0: uh coming in at number two in its first week was 7.3 million 2010 the year we make contact
1: is that a sequel
0: to <laughs> no no 2010 the year uh your thing of 2001 space Odyssey. Nothing happens. <laughs> Uh, it stars Roy Schneider, John Lithgow, and Hel- Helen Mirren. Helen Mirren? Holy yeah, shit. It, it's a, a joint US Soviet expedition and sent to Jupiter to learn exactly what happened to Discovery.
1: Dude, why is there all these bomb ass sci fi movies? Where is this in my life nowadays?
0: That movie's probably like, very cool. Yeah, I've rumor, yeah, what's the rating? I can just find it now. Uh, it's a six point eight out of ten. So yeah. Oh, it's like um, okay. <laughs> so yeah, so coming in number one in its first week with 15 million dollars. So I made back the budget, and like I said, four million of that budget was for Eddie Murphy. Uh was Beverly Hills cop. Jesus. So let's go to the ratings, shall we? Uh IMDB gave this movie a 7.3 out of 10. And Rotten Tomato, all critics gave it an 83, top critics 63, and audience 82. So we're gonna rank some mo- uh, rank this movie uh, some rankings as we do best shootout, best villain, best fashion, best laugh, and w- best movie. <laughs> right, Most best
1: rewatchable, mo- you
2: piece of garbage. That's it's
1: not rude. that hard. Not that got- hard.
0: Why?
2: He must I, have very he must have very thin blankets at, at his place.
0: No, he hates I,
2: hot cocoa. You
0: no, know, I have short blankets because you gave you gave uh, gave the producer one for Christmas and it's too tiny for me. So, a- <laughs> Do you think he just drinks chocolate milk like more cold? No, dude, cold he drinks coast. YooHoo.
1: Oh, I love you talking, who that's just I talking love drink. fucking you. No one likes you who you're lying.
2: I love
0: you who you're being a contrarian. You know what? <laughs> golf you car? are not one to you call anyone a contrarian. <laughs> yeah. You know what, you contrarian piece of shit. I'm gonna bring a you-hoo to the golf course tomorrow, okay? I'm gonna show you what's up. <laughs> Bet. <laughs> Bet. <laughs> 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 fucking no cap. No cap. I'm fucking I'm gonna get a fucking six-pack of you <laughs>
1: and down it. Dude, he's dead ass right now.
0: Yeah. Fucking a, a, a yoo-hoo for every bar you get. <laughs> you ask me a lot, so I need he's plenty. gonna die. <laughs> so uh, I know we didn't talk very much, but best shootout is the ending of the uh, that's movie. That's the only of, shootout, really. Yeah, I guess the, the strip club, but it was like one. No, shot.
1: nothing gets. Oh Which, yeah. By no, the way,
0: I like the shootout at the end because of the fact that it when uh, Rosewood and Taggart are like laying on the ground and like Rosewood gets up, it's like you are under arrest. And like they shoot at him and Taggart's like, if you do that again, I'm going to kill you. That joke. And then when all the backup comes up, he does it again. He's like, see, I told you it worked. I love that joke. <laughs> you are under arrest. Put down your weapons and step two feet away from it. Keep your hands in the air. I actually um, appreciated
1: the fact that the cops reloaded in this movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking when he when when Rosewood was reloading and he's talking about smoke, uh, um sundance kid butch cassie the sundance kid i was thinking he was gonna go like john wick mode and just like shoot them all because Man. he's like just talking and reloading i'm like he's gonna do something so cool he, and he always just does the line
1: looks so surprised when he shot someone that he'd actually hit them <laughs>
0: <laughs> right yeah he like when he shot the first guy it was just like he i was like is that the first time you ever shot someone
1: I mean, probably. That's not something a lot of people do all the time. It's not like cops in the '80s or cops now who shoot everyone for everything.
0: <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. Uh, we're gonna best villain. We got number one. Overall, I think he was de- he was good being the. Uh...
1: He was pretty like boring as a villain.
2: Honestly, altogether. The only part where I liked him a lot was at the dinner scene when he like finally flexed his nuts or at the the brunch or whatever the fuck. He yeah. like kind of fl- he kind of flexed nuts a little bit. He's like, dude, like I'm really powerful. Like, don't don't do mm-hmm. this. <laughs> I, I thought that was kind of fun. I like that scene.
0: Uh We have best fashion. We're in Beverly Hills, Beverly Hills, so we had all the fashion. One I like, like
2: the, the cutoff sweatshirts. I love I love the cutoff sweatshirt.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh We're doing best laugh. <laughs> 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 God damn it. Hey, 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 Heath Ledger's Joker. Relax there, pal. <laughs>
2: uh, ah, oh, I'm, oh, I'm, eh, I'm more of a Jared Leto fan. Good Jesus. God. <laughs> now, now who's the contrarian?
0: You! <laughs> you!
1: It's always you! you. No, you I ha- thought
2: it was you who Better Joker.
0: You know what? Rick, Keith, uh, Keith actually likes the last three Star Wars. Um <laughs> i'm gonna sh- you're gonna be shocked when we do
2: them be like no like
0: like five stars like five the scene when, like
2: the scene when they pull the tarp off the millennium falcon my heart stopped and i cried and i clapped yeah. at the movie theater
0: five stars you're i'm jerking. still
1: fucking angry to what they did to going to light speed in that fucking ninth movie we're like no, everything wait, 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 about star know- wars up to that point like talks about like how dangerous light speed can be and you have to have these like specific routes and then they're just like, nah, dude. We just light speed jump between like atmospheres and planets.
2: Wait, you didn't know about a uh, like a oh, like God. a hyperspace
0: See what happens, Rick. Keith's <laughs> love for the last three Star Wars movie has cost has now derailed the Beverly Hills Cop to talk about Star Wars, which we're
1: uh,
0: hopefully we're never doing not. It. We do. cannot do them. It's dangerous. Not That's do. dangerous. That's a like dangerous. That's dangerous game.
2: It's like a the hey they I I found this really cool little uh, like arc thing should I open it up? There's a bunch of Nazis around here, so like, <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. sure I, would, I okay, promise or not?
2: I promise I would rather do the originals.
1: <laughs> I would rather do the originals. That'd
2: be fine.
0: Or, or one to two do, three.
1: I, no, you know what? Honestly, I'd rather do the prequels.
0: We would do them all. God damn, but we're not going I'm, to. We're I would not want to, going to ever
2: do Star Wars. We're breaking them up by the three. Oh yeah, yeah The we're one, the, the ones. Safe opinion on this podcast we have is that the prequels are better than the sequels. Oh, by far. By far. So that's easy. That's easy. Yeah. Okay, that's safe. We can yeah, all. but we're all, we're all friends here. We're good. But for some <laughs> reason,
0: you still think the last three are your favorite. I don't know why, but you know, even though you no, say like, the... No, when when
2: when when I declare my last name is actually Skywalker, like, knew it. Oh, <laughs> and you're going to
0: declare, you're going to declare how Ray is actually the best Jedi of all time. We'll get it, into it, that when not, we do those. Palpatine fucks. That's all I'm saying. There, there it is. <laughs> and then we're, we're overall we moving. Mood... we
1: get back to the track? Yeah, today? yeah. I'm <laughs>
0: wrapping
2: it up right here. Palpatine's so, just dropping loads and the. Dropping uteruses. loads and is this, his...
1: is this how we get through doing the uh, fucking sequels? As we just slowly do them through other podcasts <laughs> to, to like yeah. just little bits and pieces. So in okay, Palpatine... we should no,
2: we should do the okay. Sorry, last last thing. We should do the sequels, but we should pretend they're really good. No, I'm not doing
0: that. <laughs> we can't do that. That's Im-
2: that's impossible.
1: <laughs> I will do that 8 is okay and made an attempt to at least be different, but no. 9 is like 9 basically attempted to rape my Star Wars love. <laughs> hey, and eight, kind of eight, succeeded.
0: You're the only one, buddy, cuz in if you go back to Scream 5, which you can listen to at nosontape.com, you can talk about how the cast hated 8, which by the way, Scream 6, Scream 6 is happening. Hey that, that's something. I
1: say it's a hundred percent because of our podcast that one Six I, is getting one, made. One.
0: It's weird too, because you know it's yeah. You know, yeah, it just is. Uh unwatchable movie. We got the first one. So uh let's do, you say unwatchable le- movie? No, watchable. Good God. It's I know it's the not H- There's a difference the, between watchable and rewatchable. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: very different. <laughs>
0: What are you talking about?
1: It's like, what are you more likely to pop in to watch again? Like,
0: are we you know rewatchable or like, watchable movies?
2: I don't like, know anymore. You know what movie's technically watchable, but it like, burned out my soul and gave me a stroke was The
0: Last Jedi. You know what it is, <laughs> you know what it is guys? It's the, all the you I've been drinking. It's messing up in my head right now.
1: Yeah, because there's nothing but chocolate and chemicals
0: in that thing, Lesle. I'm bringing the YooHoo to the golf course, and I'm showing you what's up. Yoohoo, that's what's up. Let's glaze some stars with some yoohoo.
1: Star Glazer. the next two movies? <laughs> <laughs> keep you attempting to do the laugh but doing just other people's laps.
0: laughs? Uh, uh,
2: Hooah!
0: <laughs> Hooah! <laughs> so Keith? You
2: picked it. Where do we get it? Where do Oof. we get it from you? I've been thinking, I've been thinking long about this one. What about hard? No, mostly long. (laughs) Much like it's kind of like a fettuccine noodle, flat and delicious. That's not the
0: the second time. Wait, no, my college. Yep, okay,
2: go on. Fettuccine noodles are designed to hold sauce better.
1: Can we just? Can you give me your goddamn number?
2: Four, four stars. (laughs) It was it was was (laughs) very good. It slowed down a little bit. I I loved the action. Loved the music. Loved Eddie Murphy. Four stars. Uh, I
1: went three and three quarters. Uh, The slowdown bit slowed down a bit too much for me to drop it that extra half star. But like, there's, I mean, the movie's iconic. It's literally like, it literally creates what becomes, I mean, arguably bigger (laughs) action movies in the future because of this movie. So like, it's the iconic action movie that gets forgotten by everyone who just doesn't make action movies, apparently.
0: Uh I'm with Rick. It's three uh three quarters for me as well. Um like I like I said, it was fun, it was fun. I think the slowdown period was just really slow for me. And um, like I said in the beginning of the show, after watching it, I was like, have I ever seen these movies? And I know I have. <laughs> it's because it's there's been... so much
1: of the movies that are forgettable.
0: Yeah, it's just been so long, just but like hey. the Titanic.
1: That bring okay that brings Beverly Hills Cop in at 3.8 making it our second highest rated movie in 2022. Wait, in oh, okay. 2022 buddy. Calm oh, down now. Keith. No, it doesn't touch the record board. The record board is I mean the next thing to drop off the record board for individual Keith would be Predator if something can beat 4.4.
0: And Predator was like the number one for the longest time. So God, Predator fucking ruled. <laughs> it did. It fucking did. So, God, now this I brings... want to listen
1: to the Predator opening song again.
0: Dun-dunt. Dude, I found like a, I found like this thing for the like a super mix version of like those type of songs. And like, that's one of them. Nice. It gets me pretty hyped. And I'm pouring Yoohoo all over myself. And I'm that hyped. <laughs>
2: You're like, Dude, uh, you fucking don't cold Steve Austin. Again. Hell yeah. I <laughs> shattered da, 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 the Yoohoo bottle. <laughs>
0: This, the the glass breaking is actually the you breaking as I smash it, cut my hands up severely. Well, it's no. Joe
1: making the noise of the yeah. glass breaking because they're in plastic bottles, so they don't break. I
0: don't. The ones I didn't the break them the old, from the, the ones were in glass. Yeah, they, I yeah, the old ones in, in glass. glass.
1: Yeah, but I would assume they're probably plastic nowadays. No, the still, they're still
0: glass. They're still glass. <laughs> but this brings it end to Beverly Hills Cop, as we're moving on to Beverly Hills Cop two no there's no no beverly hills cop 2 final destination uh rise of the rise of the foley or they don't do that. like <laughs> the beverly last foley. parentheses
2: 1988 or whenever the fuck it comes out <laughs> yeah
0: none none of that beverly hills cop dose
1: it's the 80s they don't put a whole lot of thought process into what they name the movies <laughs>
0: that's true that's true as uh, one movie was called Oh God, You Devil. Let's not go I digress. Or Amadeus. 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 Oh, Amadeus, Amadeus. <laughs> so this brings us into to this week's episode of Fake Movie Experts. You can go to nosoentertainment.com That's right, nosoentertainment.com, where you can use the promotion called Use Lube to see what Keith's hiding in his, in his butthole. Did you say Use Lube or Yoohoo? Yoohoo at Use Lube. <laughs> you, you get the Yoohoo flavor.
2: <laughs> you who flavored used lube
0: at no so entertainment.com that's right no so entertainment.com where you can find all of our blogs everything keith does up his butt and all of our podcasts and like always you can listen to all of our find podcasts. us on youtube also there it is you can and like always you can listen to all of our podcasts wherever you listen to your podcast
1: who the fuck wants a lemon twist in their espresso that sounded awful